This episode is brought to you by Tabletop Dominion, purveyors of handmade dice and artisan gaming accessories. Why not head over to tabletopdominion.com and use the code BELLOW to enjoy 10% off your order. Who knows, maybe you will find your very own blue dice of power. podcast i'm here with callan callan's of the reflex save podcast hi callan hello 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 callan tell us about the reflex save podcast how did it come about what's it about tell us all about it what is it the reflex save podcast it's a strange little aussie podcast that runs in the icewind dale rhyme of the frost maiden fifth edition rule set it's a ttrpg actual play podcast there's there's you know five of us in total including me as the gm uh, and we have a bunch of fun with it, you know. We've we've got uh, a whole heap of episodes. We I think we we err on the side of of being quite dramatic as well as hopefully funny, and that's possibly why it, you should listen to it. It is dramatic and funny. You've got what like eighty something episodes, something like that now. Eighty two. Are you? Yes. Eighty two. Are you weekly? We are. Uh, so every that's the every six way. p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, we release uh, we release an episode. Which day of the week? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, six p.m. We play Wednesdays. That's weird. Okay. But I mean, then, but then we don't because you'll be anyway because of the time zones. You're in the future. Has yes. anything happened, by the way, in the last nine hours? Um, no, no. Watch out for the squid. That's all I'll say. <gasps> okay, fine. No, I've got double glazing. Okay, that's fine. We used to be bi weekly when we started because we just, you know, didn't know. Well, we still don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but weekly is the way. Weekly is how you've got to do it. That's the way it's got to be. And talk to me a little bit about Ice. It's Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So mm. Icewind Dale is like a kind of a setting property because it's been video games and novels and all that yeah. stuff, right? Like you'll also notice that if you watch the D&D movie that came out, there's a bit of play yes. for Icewind Dale as well in there. So Icewind Dale is location in Run, the main yeah. setting yeah. for Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or in the Forgotten Realms. It is very far north of the Sword Coast where pretty much 90% of D&D modules are set in 5th edition. Yes. And yeah, I have yeah. to say, just before we go through, I guess, anything more specific, you know, I've run a number of modules that are official modules from, from Wizards in the 5th edition uh, one, and I will say that my favourite so far is is uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Everybody loves it. I had a bit of a dig about, and I knew we would be talking, and I started listening to your show, so I started having a little bit of a, you know, basically everybody loves it. Mm. And now I want to do it. Do you, you played um, Dragon Heist? Did you do Dragon Heist? I did a little bit of the Dragon Heist. Actually, uh, my wife, Jen, ran me through There's a little bit of the start of Dragon Heist. And I've obviously right. run a bit of Mad Mage, which follows on from that as well. The reason I ask is just because Dragon Heist had quite an interesting narrative structure with like alternative pathways and endings and stuff. Mm. I hope I'm not giving away anything for people who haven't done it. And my sense is that Rhyme of the Frostmaiden is also quite interesting in terms of structure. I think so. I would compare it a bit more to Curse of Strahd in that there's a number right. of different ways that that campaign can start. Strahd is very much uh, sort of using a randomization system sort of inbuilt, whereas Rhyme of the Frostmaiden changes depending on where you start within Icewind Dale. So you can have right. a very different experience depending on where you, where you start, and then it sort of funnels to a natural story by the end. So therefore, it feels a bit more cohesive than the ones that have multiple endings, which can be a bit of a pain for a GM to run especially when there's yeah, a number yeah. of narrative and plot threads going through. Whereas Icewind Dale yeah. starts on that exploration side, which is quite nice and very different, and naturally asks the players to go and explore it in the early parts of it, and then explore further in the, in the later chapters, and then it sort of you sort of catch on to bits and pieces for it. Because I would always wonder with those branching pathways for prep and stuff as a DM, it would be like, oh, no. how much do you have to worry about which choices they're going to make? Or is it actually pretty kind of solidly i mean I as a gm it gives me a weekly headache but a bit apart yeah. from that it's pretty good in the sense that depending on how you're running it i suppose if, if you're running it and you're doing big long sessions with a bit of break in between you can sort of prep out where you think the players are going to go obviously you don't want to put the players on rails and and not give them any agency which i think is is probably one of the things that you know a lot of good gms are are good at doing that does also mean that you've got to be a bit more prepared for the unexpected but i will say that a lot of what I do is improv on the spot in the recording. So there's a lot of framework I'm using from the campaign. I do some prep work where I think the players are going to go and where I think they're going to end up at the, the course of our, our sessions. But yeah. I I have to sometimes think on my feet and I've made a couple of mistakes which have made their way into the podcast as well. And you sort of 
learn to roll with that and incorporate that, you know, into your narrative. Well, this is the problem is it's recorded. This is the problem I always face, which is that you commit to something or you put in a story seed or something. Then you realize to your horror that it's forever. You can't kind of go, guys, the other day, I, you know, you just can't do that. Yeah. So we're playing an old third edition Ooh. adventure path which using one? fifth edition. The Age of the Age of Worms. Ooh. It's an old adventure path, a Paizo, back from when Paizo produced material for D&D. And it's not got... <laughs> It's not got alternative narrative pathways or conditional stuff or multiple endings or different ways in. It's just a long, straight road that you just trudge down for what looks like it's going to be 250 grinding, tedious episodes. Poor people that have somehow got shackled to our <laughs> podcast just must every week they must just uh, oh i can't anyway i simply readers readers i sympathize and we do genuinely appreciate all eight of you uh, <laughs> sticking with us yeah so there's not much of that but what we have found is that it doesn't matter how railroady things are you just can't stop people going off and doing stuff and you can't stop having ideas about alternative stuff and at the moment we're so way off the actual adventure path i, I can't even see it that is an interesting thing for when some of those old stories and old adventure paths and old modules, yeah. one of the problems they had was being so laser focused on one outcome. And I think this is probably a, a byproduct yes. of the industry growing. So it's funny that we've got things yes. like uh, the you know Icewind Dale or Curse of Strahd, which is very variable and very broad. And on the one hand, as a GM, you don't have the the very specific, okay, this person knows this, 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 they'll say this, 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 and this, and yeah, this is where yeah, direct yeah. the players. That's really great for a GM. Yeah. You just have to read out of the book. But the newer modules are a bit more vague. They allow you to have a bit more play in, in how you're going to do. And I mean, the ultimate example of that is Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which gives you no description for anything. You've got to make it up as you go or, or put it <laughs> in as you go. What I was getting at, though, is the funny thing is that the players always want to do their own thing. And, you know, by all means, it's their it's their story as much as you as the GM. I think there's- Our players thing. don't. Our players do. I tell them to. That's, <laughs> we're not having- We don't allow them that kind of- no, We don't allow them that, that kind, kind of, of freedom. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, the uh, thing is, the harder you try and sort of control them, particularly with those narratives, the more you find you'll go off the rails. Whereas I find with a, an adventure that's sort of designed to be- a bit more malleable, you can sort of find better ways for them to redirect themselves to the story you're trying to tell. If you know a few things about their personal lives and a little bit of gaslighting and some bribery, you can pretty much make them do anything. Well, I'll not anyway. Talk to me about gaming, your gaming history. <laughs> like, where, how long have you been playing? A couple of you have been playing just like you're quite recent players, and a couple of you have been playing for quite a while. Is that basically yeah. right? That's not a, not a bad call. Okay. I mean, in our first episode, we talk a little bit about our own history. And someone right. pointed out to me after we put the episode out that I never said anything about mine, <laughs> which makes it a little bit awkward. Uh. So, you know, my wife, Jen, I started getting her into it at the start of fifth edition. So, you know, she's been yeah. playing for a while now, but still relatively recent in terms of tabletop. But that's still quite a wealth of experience. When was well. that? When was fifth edition? Fifth Is that edition, 20, 2014. Yeah. Something like that. 2014. So, okay. so that's quite a lot of years now that she's yeah. that she's got experience with. Yeah, Andy and Tim started a lot sooner than that. I mean, obviously, after doing the podcast, you know, they've been playing for a couple of years, and then I'd been running them through Mad Mage and and some other things. So they probably got yeah. four years each, you know, of play, which now is probably a bit more experience. But yeah, they're still relatively recent. Yeah. Zimmer has a long history of TTRPGs. I think stretching back, I think from second edition, but you'd have to go back to our recording. He sort of outlines that there. Myself is is a little bit interesting. I always wanted to get into tabletop stuff when I was in, in high school and university and just sort of never found an in at the time. And then sometime during university, I did- Didn't get in with the cool kids. Get in with I the know. cool kids, exactly. Yeah. I started in, <laughs> in 3.5. So when 3.5 was still relevant, right. fourth edition wasn't out yet or anything like that. 2000 and odd, 2000 and a bit. Yeah. So I was probably on the later end of 3.5. And I got introduced yeah. to it. And it was just hooked, you know, um, you know, making yeah. characters, playing D anD D, and very quickly, actually, now that I think about it, ended up sitting in the DM seat. And we tried fourth edition, yeah. and then a lot of us moved to Pathfinder because a lot of us called it three point seven five. 
and then of course I went into fifth edition from there. So I mean, given given that, I think I've probably got somewhere around coming up to twenty years of experience, but maybe say fifteen to yeah. twenty, somewhere around that mark. This is like looking in a mirror, Canon. <laughs> We've been playing forever. I mean, honestly, forever. I am a skeleton that you're talking to now, covered in cobwebs. <laughs> maybe I misheard. Are you using knowledge skills in your? Have you patched some stuff into your fifth edition game? <laughs> You have. You're laughing this, like a very guilty this person. This has come up as a few different things, and I only realized I was doing some of it more recently, and no one else does it. So, uh, yes, I, I feel that when I actually look at the the rule set for fifth edition, some of the knowledge gets a little bit underserviced. And uh, if you listen to our pod, you'll, you'll hear that I use knowledge checks a lot. I have. And that's a holdover yeah. from me playing three point five, where knowledge checks were far more important. So, for so but yeah, but how are you? But how are you doing the mechanics of that? Like, <laughs> I, I do have because I'm, I'm interested in this, and I agree with you, and I've just never got around to it. Are you taking the knowledge skill proficiencies out of three point five, matching them across to the fifth edition classes, sort and then of. effectively? Sort of. Sort of. So, so, I mean, as with 5th edition, you don't really have to be... Pro- I mean, certain things, I'll always make a decision of whether you need to be proficient to even roll. Um, and I'll make... Again, I improv a, a whole bunch of stuff. But the way I approach knowledge skills is like, you don't get an identify thing anymore. And I think that's actually a bit of a wasted opportunity. I suppose because monsters are a bit more homogenous, maybe it's not as required. And if monsters were a bit more diverse, it would be a bit more necessary. But Yes, I, I don't. I always hate the thing of you walk into a combat and the DM tells you exactly what you're fighting. It sort of removes a bit of mystery and and you know dread yeah. of of a combat if you know what's what it is exactly. So yeah, the way I use knowledge is, is I sort of it's very patchwork. I have to make guesses sometimes, but I'll look at the class of monster and, and approach a knowledge check to it. So obviously, beasts and humanoids are nature checks and. Yes, monstrosities, right. so aberrations, are arcana checks, and and undead, and and demons yeah, and stuff like that. Religion and people that want to listen to Reflex Save. I've just picked up, by the way, on the name now. Reflex Save is because you're just died in the world. Yes, that is shameless. I've always wanted yeah. to use it. I still say Reflex Save, just um, unconsciously from time to time. There we go. People who want to listen to you, where do they find you? And people who want to follow you, where are you on things like social media and and all of that? How do people? How do people? Yeah, That's for sure. Idea. You can get us on all your pretty much your good podcast platforms. Pretty much the majority of the ones that hit the the Apple feed will normally come through to us as well. But obviously the big ones like Apple, Google, Amazon podcasts. You can also see us on Spotify. I know that we're on that one too. And you can go to www.reflexsave.com.au, which is also our feed as well on the on the website. I'd be surprised if you didn't get it on most of your platforms though. Aren't you on YouTube as well? Yeah, we do. Actually, that is also true. We have a YouTube channel that is a week. It's designed on purpose to be a week behind the pod itself, but you can also get the right. content there as as well. Excellent. And they just search Reflex Save on YouTube yep. and they'll find you. Reflex yeah. Save cool. podcast, I think it is on, on YouTube. And you're weekly on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. your time. Australian Eastern is Standard Time. Yes, that's correct. In the future. In the future, yes. we, we, do, okay, we do come Australian out. Australian time zones are just really weird, by the way. I had to look at trying to work out where we were, and I was just like, "What? What? You got your own special thing where, like, Perth and anyway." Yes, it's it's a bit weird as well when we when we want to do these kind of collaborations. We're like, okay, we're in Australia; it's the weirdest time zone to try and collaborate with, but we'll we'll try our best. Callan, thank you. Thanks for coming on talking about the Reflex Save podcast. Readers, I implore, I beseech you to check out Reflex Save. I've been getting into the show myself it's great really enjoyable really good uh, atmosphere some laughs good storytelling very atmospheric uh, yeah it's great as always we would be grateful for any ratings or reviews you would leave us on your podcast app of choice be that apple or spotify or all of the other ones good pods what's the one that lucas likes pod something it doesn't matter pod bean it's not pod bean what's it pod, pod. good po- uh, no beyond beyond pod oh, have you heard of not, beyond? Not, i haven't heard that one no only lucas has but there we go that's lucas for you you can find us on social media at Billowing Hilltop and Billowing Hilltop or whatever it is, Facebook, if you're old. You can email us at hello at billowinghilltop.com. Frankly, just send us a single expletive and we'll read it out because we never get any email. That's it. Thank you, Callan. Let's push on with episode 148 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Who's in the house? Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good. I'm evening. here with Dan, Hello. my favourite yeah. player 
Everybody's favourite player. Everybody's favourite player. Dr. Eusebio Spider-Lucas. Hello. Master of Spider Science. Wasn't he something else? Wasn't he not Spider-Lucas last week? Oh, yeah. He was something else. Well, it was what a while ago. I, don't, I can't keep track of the rubbish that no, we've that's come up true. No, at the beginning. <laughs> Johnny easing himself into his specially adapted high chair. Hello. And the 300-foot hologram that we all <laughs> kneel around. That is Graham. <laughs> Looking down at us, his cowled visage. Good evening. Recap, do we have, do we have, do we need one? Well, we roll right well, we basically, we sort of trashed the casino um, and Fortuna well, and her assistant had to run we away. We trashed the casino. We... You didn't trash the casino. Well, you, you, we might have, um, you know. Compromised its security. Yeah. Did, we sort well, of pushed I mean, it off that, a cliff, was really. Was that really our fault? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, people are claiming it's our fault. <laughs> we were only trying to help. Yeah. We were only yeah. trying to help and have an argument. Yeah. Yes, no, so it's the five minutes argument. Carry out a long half hour and <laughs> carry out a long held vendetta. <laughs> and these people just happen to be in the way. Yeah. Um, anyway, you've decided to take on the out splinters, and to do so, you've gone to the residence. I'm taking over this recap. Okay. The residence, the well-known base of operations or center or whatever of the out splinter group, clan, family. Whatever it is, family. You had a bit of a snoop at it from across the street from an abandoned property, and then under the cover of an of an invisibility spell, you've had to look through some of the windows, and you've now decided to break in. You've gone into the little courtyard garden at the back of the property. You've done some detect magics, which have revealed nothing abnormal. The house itself seems to be a family home with children running around and pets, and you know all of that normal. Ought spring morning activities taking place, but there was somebody that looked like a security guard sitting on the steps outside of the front. Uncle Buggy has, as silent as morning drizzle, swung open the French doors that lead from the courtyard garden into the inside of the house. You don't know what's in there. There's curtains. Buggy's peeling back the curtains and looking Hello, inside. That's where we left things. I see. Okay, yes. No, is anybody okay, in the corridor or whatever it is? Anti claws. Other side of the uh, curtain? No, you're not shouting, right? No, I mean, what do I see? Well, you see a carpeted room with a very squashy sofa in it, covered in cushions. Let me show you what you can see on the map. Let me just take this map out for you. Ooh. You can hear the sound of people, somebody clattering about in a kitchen to your left, Buggy. You think that's towards the front of the house? No other this exits or doors... Well, you think it's open to the left, but you haven't. Are you are you stepping mm -hmm. in so that you can look right and left? Or um, what? Well, yeah. Okay. As Just soon as you in. step over the threshold, <laughs> <laughs> okay. you step over the threshold. <laughs> yes, you can see something. You can see that there's some sort of hallway that it opens up into a hallway that runs down to your left, and you can see all the way down a long hallway to sun dappling through the fan light over the front door at the front of the house. So you're looking all the way through the length of the house. It's off to your right that you can hear the clattering of pots and pans. From the from this bit of light? No, that's a fireplace that's not lit. There's a cat that's asleep on a circular mat about halfway between you and the front of the house. It's carpeted the rest of the hallway up to the front door. And you can hear the laughing of children. Okay, well, I'll move up to... Just the other side of the corridor. So you're sort of tucking yourself around on the other side of the hallway. Yeah. Yes. So just a quick general question. Have we decided that we're going to try and be as sneaky as possible, even though we're not invisible Is anymore? You're shouting to the others, Parker? <laughs> well, no, I'm asking well, this no. I'm going to cast Sea Invisibility. Okay. Cast Sea Invisibility. Sessions is still invisible. Yep. Floating above the garden. Parker wondering whether or not it's quiet time or time to open up the rumpus room. No, I'm going to go stealth then. Are you going to sneak in? What do you want to do? I'm not very good at stealth, but I will try. I'll just move inside. I will also sneak into here. 20. 24. Silent as a um, ghost. Silent as a ghost. Stealth. Slippers. 16. Not bad. Not, not, bad. Bad. not bad. Okay, so you're creeping pretty ably in. 
you can hear the sound of low conversation between adults and children. Uncle Buggy, you can see that off to your left now, you can see a kind of dining area. Is that with, an external uh, wall on the, on the other side? Yes, you feel that you can see all the way across to the far side of the house. That table has got a pitcher of, you presume, water and some glasses and a teapot, some cups. And sitting on one of the chairs is a woman wearing a black cloak with the hood thrown back. You can see her leather-armoured arm. She's cradling a cup of tea or something, and she looks like she's struggling to stay awake. Wake up! Shall I go and bash her then? Yeah, go and bash her. <laughs> it's an old lady. What are you talking about? Is it an old lady? She's no, lady. It's just, uh, it's I just would say she's in her... She's, she's a baddie. a human female in her mid-twenties, early-thirties. Okay. Well, I'll run up and sink my axe into her head. <laughs> <laughs> You're certain? 100% certain? Uh, well, unless someone stops me. <laughs> I'll okay. do some hand signals with the, other, oh. the others. With know, the others or to the others? To the others, you know, like uh, <laughs> okay. axe in head hand signal. Oh, the classic axe in head hand signal. You don't need to draw me a picture. So, uh, and the response? No! <laughs> Quizzical looks, I suspect. You know. Well, well, well anything you want me to... Uh... Parker, I think you've seen this person and I think you've seen that area as a result of skirting across the other side of the room. Yes. Buggy is signalling um, silently to you, Parker. Uh, He's sort of pointing at this person and then, and then making a chopping motion. <laughs> Are you doing anything? Um, oh, sorry. Putting my run. head's in Sing my, my hands. in my head. My head in my hands in despair. Um, okay, you put your head in your hands in despair. <laughs> Uncle Buggy runs um, up. Well, I could do the smoky can we not, thing. Can we not just stake or, out at least a couple more rooms? Like, maybe find out. Are you having this conversation out loud, or are you having this conversation? I don't mind you staking out, but notes between how are we going to get past be too grumpy, but if you are, either, you can't, the moment, you, know, you can't discuss stuff between yourselves. Without making a noise. Okay, so, I will. I will do the following hand signals. I will tap Buggy on the, on the shoulder, right, yeah, and I will yeah. put my finger on my lips, <laughs> right, and then I will do the sort of sleepy by symbol, and then point to the woman, right, yeah, and then basically gesture with my hand to stay there, the and then I will point symbol. to down the corridor. You know, like, hands on, hands together, and then your hands on your chin. Well, that's okay. crystal clear. That'll definitely so get I'll, I'll the right thing. I'll run into the room, sit down in the other chair opposite her, and then and then have a nap. <laughs> Buggy, do you want to do it? Oh, sorry, uh, Burple, do you want to do it? Um, Parker and Buggy mm. seem to be exchanging frantic hand signals that yeah. are quite difficult to read. Uh, well, I will cast a message spell, and I will say, sorry, I didn't catch that. What was that, Buggy? It's a message spell. You're allowed to. I'm you're allowed, allowed to, to send a secret message back to Bert. Oh, right. I'll yep. say, "Shall I sink my axe into her head?" <laughs> <laughs> I will. Or are we going to try and sneak past? No, her? I think we should try and sneak past her. Hey, Parker, you're saying that out loud. No, I think we should try and sneak past her. <laughs> okay. Who's the best at sneaking? I've got plus four sneaking. She's wearing armor, right? You she's have no about, idea, she's struggling to keep awake. I don't think sneaking is going to get us anywhere. And I don't know. I do, it's a bit of an... It's just an escalation, that's it. It's like a, we're committing to fighting at that point. Maybe we do that. Sod it, yeah. Sink your axe in our head. Or I don't mind Parker if you fancy trying to sneak past her. I our was just thinking are, maybe we could... Yeah. Use uh, my two little fingers going in like a walking motion with my finger to my lips saying quietly... Pointing to him, yeah. pointing down the corridor, yeah. and then shrugging. <laughs> As does everybody. Kick it off, God's sake. Bored now. Parker, and you have the final word. You can try and... Uh... Okay, go on then, Buggy. Go and whack her. In fact, if Buggy's going to whack her, then I will whack her at the same time. Then we might have a chance of... Yeah, and, and I will whack her at the same time too. Where is she? All right, well, I run around She's the corner and then here. sink my axe into her head. Yes. Okay. Are you going? Do you want to do initiative now, or are you going to give us all around? Just give me a moment. It'll just give a me a moment. She rolls action, a twenty. She rolls a twenty for perception as you run around the corner. So her head snaps up and she shrieks. She shouts, "They're it's here!" An and we roll. And we roll. Oh, hang on, it's a surprise yeah. action. 
Isn't it a surprise attack? So we have the surprise action. We're aware she's not aware. So we basically have a move. Then we roll initiative. Mm -hmm. And if she gets to go first, she gets to scream. Do you get a whole round or do you just you get just a You just get one action. I mean, this if we're playing 3.5, surprise. We aren't though, are we? I don't know how it works in this game. <laughs> Sorry. The way it works <laughs> is that you rate perception checks and that the moment that you're aware, you roll initiative. That's well, kind of the same thing. So when Buggy runs around the corner, you... the moment that she's got an opportunity to be aware that Buggy is there... But I'm, I'm is... halfway through my action at that point. It's... Do you get to complete an action? No. no. So you get to run around the corner... And then I make a perception check to see whether or not she notices you running. I mean, you're not trying to creep up on her, are you? You're just going for it. No, but if you took it to an extreme, you could be about to surprise bash someone and they notice you're about to bash them. And then it's no longer a surprise round at the very instant before they hit you. With 3.5... That's true. That's exactly right. That is exactly right, Johnny. If you're trying to sneak up on somebody and stealth strike against them and they notice you, it's no longer a stealth strike. If they fail their perception check, you land the blow. If they make their perception check, you roll initiative. That's exactly how it works. But um, I'm not... And I rolled a 20 for my perception check. It's not like my sneak is an action. It's... I'm... I'm running it is. You're taking a move action. You didn't say you are rolling a stealth check. I'm presuming you're just running around the corner of the corridor with your axe held in the air, trying to chop her in the head. So she is sitting there. She's not so the wrestling. way it works... Yeah? Ah. Graham knows the rules. Hooray! If you've got people trying to be stealthy and not stealthy, you're making stealth perception tests to see whether the yes. stealthy people are noticed. Opposed stealth perception. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that makes. Then sense. you roll initiative. If you're surprised, mm -hmm. you don't act in the first round. If you're yeah. not surprised, you act on your initiative. Yeah. It's the question is, Graham, when do we roll initiative? The moment the buggy appears around the corner of the room that she's sitting in with his axe. In the air, hoping to right. sink it into halfway her head. Halfway through my she action. notices him. Action, right. It's not halfway through your. You've just you've moved and triggered her perception ability to spot you. If she spots to you, perceive you, you yeah. perceive you. Then you roll initiative to determine right. who goes. To the she order of people acting. Like two, two, seconds, two seconds before I sink my axe into her head. In the six seconds, plenty of time for her to scream if she beats you in terms of an initiative roll. That yeah. makes perfect sense to me. But so she hasn't screamed. do anything else. No, it's initiative. No, if you'd made a... No, Johnny, if you had decided instead to creep up on her, you'd have been allowed to make a stealth check. If you'd succeeded on that stealth check, better than she'd succeeded on the perception check. Then you would have got right up next to her. Right and up. then you would have swung at her right up. Then you would have Sorry. swung at her with the axe. And there's nothing that she could have done about no. it. Then you would have rolled initiative. And in the first round, she wouldn't have been able to act because she mm. was surprised. Because she was surprised. Sorry, Graham, you're completely correct. But in this instance, she rolled a 20 on a perception check and you weren't trying to be quiet. So the moment that you thunder around the corner, when there's a good 20 feet between you and her, her head snaps around and she sees you. And now we roll initiative. Yeah. So, so she might the... actually go before me, even yes. though I'm running yes. up. Just... Yes, precisely, exactly right. The point is, I was, she I was having my you... round when she's not aware, and so my action, my surprise action, is attacking her. No, no, no. Your your, your no, movement. No, there are no actions her. or anything. We're not in initiative yet. There are no actions. There are no point, specific. The point movement. is, your movement. She sees you as you move, so you no longer have surprise on her. So it's initiative. You don't get a free go first. If you'd shot her with a bow, you'd have got a free go first. Yeah. And if you'd snuck all the way up to her and she'd failed to notice you, you would have okay, got a free go first. she rolled a 20 anyway, so... Um, yeah. Okay, so well, it's initiative then? Yeah. Yeah. Her initiative is... But she hasn't screamed yet because she needs an action to scream? That You're absolutely right. right. She hasn't screamed. Great. Or a six. I might use my urt dice. She gets okay a number. Can I use um, my urt dice on my initiative? Yes, I think you can use your urt dice on an initiative, can't you? It's a check. That's your one up. Yeah. So I'm rolling an extra one d eight, am I on top of this? Ah, oh, fuck it. So I roll an eight, twelve. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, so you've got a twelve. <laughs> Loser. Hopeless. Yeah. Actually, I won't use my old Okay. Buggy gets a 12. Parker gets... Oh, five. Burple gets... 17. Kill them. And Sessions gets... 23. Well, Sessions, you're 23. 
Are you aware? No, so I don't act in the first round. No. But I'm still 23 in initiative because I'll be yeah, there. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. Purple on 17. What do you want to do? She's turning towards you, her mouth agape. If only I'd kept hold person, that would have been quite good. I am going to... Bear with me a second. Just going through my spell list. I'm going to... I'm not going to take her out before she can do anything. So... I'm going to cast Haste. Okay. On yourself? Yes. And do you want to move? I I could do my Dark... Well, since you'll go. Advantage and Dex, so the action. And it gains an additional action on each of its turns. So then I'm going to move up to her and strike her with my swords. Any problem with that? No, uh, uh, just a question on how many attacks you get. Well, I get an action. It's an attack action. Oh, one weapon attack only. That's disappointing. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. I remember that being something that came up the other day. Well, I'll hit her with the Sword of Zosiel. Go for it. And hitting... Hitting armor class 23. Oof. That's definitely a hit. For 12 plus... Yes. Plus... Yes. 12 plus plus, yes. 12 plus... 1d6 lightning, another 3, so that's 15, and then 5d6 bardic inspiration. Yep. Oof. Another Great. 18. 33. 33. 33 point under damage. 33 by the damage. And move. Back to there. It's hurt. Actually, I've got a bit shouts. more movement, but no, that'll be, that'll be fine. Dessert that's trolley. Fine. Rolling around on the dessert trolley? No? Okay. It's her next. She shouts. They're here. She shouts, yeah, she shouts, they're here! Offensive pattern beater. No, no, the kids! Sentry guns, sentry guns. Protect the kids, is what she shouts. Release the beast. As a free action, she uh, stands up, she drops her dagger on the table, and she puts her hands in the air. On 12, a middle-aged woman pokes her head out into the hallway from whatever room is further down the hall. And she says, oh! And she sort of drops her glasses down onto her nose so that she can see you better. And she peers at you, Bugraft, and she says, I hope you're not here to cause trouble. On 12, it's Uncle Buggy. Um, should I go and bash her? Do you want to take care of this person, Burple? Ask, ask where, um... Can I have a free... Can I speak? I can have a free action. Can't I have acted? Hold on, did she put... Oh, sorry, did she put her hand... I didn't quite... Yeah, she she surrendered. She surrendered. Where's Cuthbert? At the lady down the hallway. To both of them. The girl at the table... Doesn't matter which way I'm pointing. ...looks like she's uncertain how to answer. The middle-aged lady says, Our Cuthbert? Um, is there another Cuthbert? Buggy on 12. I'll move up to her. Does she look like an innocent thing or like an evil sorceress? <laughs> can I make, <laughs> she can like I make a, a perception check? A percep- You can make an insight check. Insight. Perception check just tells you what she looks not like. Not as an act. She's a... Not- she looks like a moderately prosperous middle-aged woman who's short-sighted. Looks like she's just put down her knitting to come and see what the noise is. You can right. make an insight check like to see if you can just... witch or anything like that. She's not obviously evil. There's no lightning crackling around her. She's not on a broomstick or going... <laughs> or anything like that. On your right buggy, you notice that there are a couple of staff who are, have dropped what they're doing and are just open-mouthed looking at you from the kitchen area. Let me reveal it to you. I'll run up to... Maybe I'll do subdual damage. I'm not a violent person. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man who has routinely impaled people's heads on spikes. So, I say man. Sorry, there's a couple of people in the kitchen, did you say? Yeah. They're just they're just uh, astonished. They're just staring at you, Burple, the girl. Okay. One of them was a tea oh, towel that they dropped. The other one was about to drop the little ceramic bowl that they were mixing right. some well, salad anyway, or something in, and they put it down on the table. I'm bashing this woman with the flat of my axe to do subdual damage, okay? Okay, so you're Let's thumping. Let's just hope I don't roll a two double yeah, twenty. She's about 60, you reckon. You're thumping her with the side of your axe, yeah? As yeah, you get so there, you she's just see a grunt, she'll go world. down like a sack of potatoes that if might she's be, a um, sorceress. Granny. <laughs> If she doesn't go down by one hit of the axe, she's an evil sorceress. Do we know what Cuthbert's granny actually looks like? She There's died. a statue next to you, by the way, Buggy of a Quasit. Uh, There's a staircase that leads up. Uh, um, you can see, just as you've run past the mat, the cat has screeched 
arches okay. its back, goes up on its paws, and then shoots down towards the front door like a little rocket. She just looks un just totally like what on earth is going on. Roll to hit her. Hang on, I might change my action now. Navy revealed stairs going down. Did you say or up? Up. Um, no, okay. I'm going to run up to her and then I'm bashing her with the flat of my axe. Okay. First attack. Yeah. I'm across ten. Uh, twenty-five. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a hit. Yeah. How much damage is that? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. She just goes down like a sack of spuds. Yep. Yeah, okay. But well, that was subdual damage, so. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 60 year old. <laughs> yeah, Probably you're wondering about that. Concussion. <laughs> you don't know. Caved anyway, she goes down. And she's, bleeding, she's bleeding slightly from her ear, and her right foot is twitching <laughs> up and down really rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> Marker on five. I'm, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to rest my coat. Okay. Are you Brings a whole new meaning to grab course, a granny. To, yeah, and there's. I'm <laughs> switching on the smoke. Oh, right. Lovely. Any other targets? Any Brilliant. other hostiles? No. Brilliant. There are no, so far you've not seen see. anything that looks even remotely like a hostile apart from the woman that surrendered. Alright, where is the cat, by the way? The cat's up near the front door. The initiative is shared by the old woman and all of the rest of the family. So I think you can hear the sound of motion. You can hear a kid start to cry deeper into okay. the house towards the front door. Where was the other guard who's in the front? Outside Sitting on the front, front steps, yeah. Front door's closed. Okay, you can hear the sound so of laughter and people passing by in the five, street. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. You're going to keep running? Um, no, actually, I'll just I'll just stay there. I'll, I'll have a look at the Quasit statuette. It looks just like the Quasit that visits you when Cuthbert wants to talk to you. Okay, I might bash it. I might bash the app. Bash the Quasit statuette. Mm-hmm. 23. Okay, are you welly into it with axe? Yep. It goes choink! Ten points damage. Is it smash? Structural damage or something. I mean, you chip a bit out of it. I don't know. I don't okay, know. And then to... I've got the smoke activated. Okay. That's it for me. Got it. Parker on five. So basically, Buggy's completely blocked off the way with the smoke. I'm just... Uh, I thought we were going to attack something, and now obviously... I don't know. Do well, tie, the... Should I tie this woman up? Well, she's still alive. She's still the, the security guard. Yeah, she put her hands there. up, she she's surrendered. Still... I will go up and I will tie the, tie the security guard's hands behind her back. I presume you've got rope or something? Yes. That's a full turn from yes. you. She complies. She says, relatively quietly and relatively calmly, you're making a mistake. Don't hurt anybody. Session's on 23. I've presumably heard something now. Yeah, yeah, you've heard a squeal. You've heard the shriek of what sounds like an elderly woman being smashed around the face with a giant weapon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you've, held, guilty or anything. you've held the screech of a cat. I'm going to float down to the front, the back doors, yeah? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's still invisible, and I'll just keep an eye out down the corridor and round the back in case something... Well, you can see smoke, unfortunately. All you can see oh, is smoke. Oh, yeah, of course, you the see smoke now. An area that looks like it, an open kind of hallway area, you think you can hear... The sound of maybe Parker or Burple, some kind of chat or activity, and you can hear the sound of maybe some other individuals potentially off to your right. Sounds like they're coming from a kitchen area, but other than that, there's just smoke. Okay, and I'll just ready an action in case someone runs through my space to float out the way. Got it. Burple on seventeen. Where's Cuthbert? Who are you saying that to? The the girl. It's sound. It goes everywhere. I'm saying it out loud to anybody who can hear. Bring me Cuthbert. Uh, the kitchen staff look bemused, and the girl whose Parker is tying up says, "I don't think he's here. He might be upstairs. What are you? What's going on? Where are the stairs? On the left, down the hall, in the smoke. I will go down the hall to the left. Can so I you're go sort of up feeling the your way into the smoke? Yeah, kind of reaching your hands out around you. You can certainly smell buggy in front of you. If you sort of fumble your way to the left, just reaching around... High quality aftershave. You think that you found the bottom step of a flight of stairs. Okay. You're working your way up them? Yeah. It's not far before you find yourself out of the smoke. Just going to move you to another part of the map. You've got a landing and another flight of stairs leading up. I don't know how much movement you've got, so just tell me how far you can go. Is movement halved on the stairs? Uh, yeah, I guess so. 
The three levels uh, in this building. Well, I don't understand it, Graham, but there's a landing that must be the midpoint or something. Oh, okay. Shallow stairs. I guess so. I will use the dash action to move up the stairs. Okay, and out onto the so, top. Yeah. One, two, Can you three, make it to the top? Eleven. Yes, I can. Okay. Got another five squares of movement. No doors? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, loads of doors. The stairs end up in a hallway or a landing. Well, let's call it a hallway. To your right, that is heading towards the back of the house again, back towards what must overhang the courtyard garden. There's a door to the right. There's doors at the end that lead right to the back of the house, you think. There's a door to the left that's looking to your right from the top of the stairs. And then to to your left, there are three doors that basically go left, right, end in a stub of a corridor off to your left. Have you got any more movement left? Yeah, I've got five squares of movement left. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? There's nobody about. It seems quiet. Give me a perception check, actually. Twelve. Shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. I will shout, Oh, Cuthbert! <laughs> okay. <laughs> On 14, it's the girl downstairs. She says to you, Parker, don't hurt the children. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. That's it? That's all she's doing? Just tell her we're looking for Cuthbert. Yeah, we're looking for Cuthbert. She looks at you like, I don't know, give me an insight check. Gladly. 15. Like, what a weird thing to be doing here. She doesn't say anything. She looks bemused, almost. Like, she's not pretending she doesn't recognise the name. She just looks bemused. On 12... Where does he... I say, at, can I say free action, or is it on my turn? We can she be relaxed. Me. What do you want to do? And say, so where does he live, then? If not live. here. She laughs. Live? Two kids run out into the hallway. Bucky, you can see them. They can't see you. They look really scared. They're crying, and they start heading towards the front door. One of them is shouting, Granny! Granny! And you can hear the sound of somebody older in a state of some distress, clearly kind of rousing themselves, organising themselves. That's coming from the room that you think is just before the front door buggy. Again, nobody can see you, so you don't know what's going on there. Upstairs, Burple. Mm-hmm. Door opens opposite you. And a little girl runs out into the corridor looking kind of cross between trepidation, like she's heard some noises, and curiosity, like she's just a kid and she wants to know what's going on. Are you my and She mummy? looks at you and she says, Who are you? I'm your worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she laughs. Would you like to look at my book? She holds no. out a book towards you. No. <laughs> Sorry. Is that it for you, Uncle Bucky? To my left, there's a blacked-out area. Can I see any of that? You can't see into it. It's a wall on your right. Okay. So looking at this woman on the ground, I just looked up knocking someone out. She won't take any lethal damage. So she's still alive. Yeah. Unconscious and stable. But um, looking at her face, does she have any facial features that are similar to Cuthbert's? You know, maybe she's a relative in some some sort of relative. Uh, You can't detect any family resemblance, no. But there's this Quasit here. What's that about? But it's a statue of a Quasit. That, I mean, I don't know. The significance of it, I can't help you with, but it's a statue, not an actual Quasit. No, yeah, sorry, I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're in the wrong house. <laughs> I don't think we're in the wrong house. I just think he's not here. Yeah. And What's with all the kids? He's not... people at the moment. You think... I'll say to this girl, where's your Uncle Cuthbert? Oh, that's a good we, one. I think we put a stick into some sort of sequence. Buggy? Um, is this a Quasit? In the other room as well, a Quasit statue. Is there a second one? Yes. Yes, so there's, there's a couple r- of that corner of the room that you can't possibly see or know about. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. <laughs> I wonder if this woman's got any value. You do know about it. You saw it from through the front windows. I'm sorry, very sorry. Yeah. Uh, if I shove her in the bag of holding, how much air is she going to have? <laughs> <laughs> you have to look up the rules, but I think she gets like her constitution modifier plus three rounds I thought you could before she has to start making checks. And then she starts suffocating. Something well, like it's that. Well, it's a four foot by four foot room or something, isn't it? So yes, there's, but there's a, a rule. There, are, It says under bag of holding yeah, how long yeah, it takes. Yeah, okay. So she, she'll have to start... She'll start suffocating as soon as I put her in the bag of holding, is that...? She'll start suffocating about X number of rounds she gets, and then she starts suffocating. And suffocating takes a while. Okay, I'm going to shove her in the bag of holding. 
Okay, so it's another thing in the bag of holding. We always have to keep track of this stuff. <laughs> Wolverhampton, a piano, <laughs> this woman. Well, there's a nice chair in there for her. There's a chair for her to sit on. And, sat on when she was... And, yes, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and I will... Coffee and tea. Yeah. Yeah, I could... Help yourself to anything. Yep. Um, and I'll just move forward. Can I see any, any more into the main sitting room? Can I see uh, a bit more? There's a sort of study to your left. Let me just reveal that for you. And then you can see into the main sitting room and there's a sort of eating area, dining area on the right. There's a chap who is blinking, looking in a state of distress, who stood up, who was on the sofa. He's a male human, about 35. He's wearing the medieval equivalent of slobbing about on Sunday clothes. <laughs> and he just looks totally like, what on earth is going on? And the kids are screaming out in the hall. Does he look like um, a sort of street fighter type thing? Does he look like a... A no, criminal. He looks, like a, he looks like an accountant on a Sunday morning. Um, anything on the left here? Can I see this dark area here? How can I? That's a. Make, the, I move that's around a room here? that you can. Yes, there's a door there that you can open. Is that what I you want to do? Interact with an object. Yes. Okay. I'll open that door. Okay. My action. Uh, as you would expect, it's the rest of the kitchen and the scullery storage area. Nobody in oh, there. Okay. Just. All right. That's my go. Kind of larder. Right. Parker on five. Right, I'm going to make a uh, an intimidation check on this woman, and I'm basically going an intimidation yes. check. Yep. <laughs> I'm basically going to sort of, you know, like push her down onto the chair, and I'm going to say, if Cuthbert isn't here, then where is he? And then I make an insight check on the answer she gives me. Can you make your intimidation check? So the intimidation check. I'm not quite sure how intimidation works. Anybody know? Uh, when you Graham? attempt to Anybody influence somebody through a verb, blah, 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 GM might ask you to make an intimidation check. It's an opposed check as well. Um, That's what I'm trying to work out. Yeah, it doesn't say here. All it says here is I have to make a check. So I rolled a 12. Yeah, she's not in any position to resist anyway. She's not going to... Okay. She says, I don't know. Uh, sometimes he's here. I mean, he might be upstairs, but I don't know. Why do you want to see him? Who are you? We're old friends. Uh, her um, eyes widened in sudden comprehension and recognition. <laughs> when did you last see him? Getting somewhere. Oh, um, uh, good question. Um, yes, he was here. Yes, was he here yesterday? Yesterday or the day before, something like that. He's been really busy recently. So you didn't see him this morning? Uh, no, I haven't seen him this morning. But that doesn't mean he's not here. He might be upstairs. Oh, we got the wrong Cuthbert. It's not Cuthbert the local butcher or something. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Cuthbert the... <sighs> okay, um, uh, what, what else am I allowed to do in this round? Or is that... was that it? In theory, those are all free actions, but we can't, okay. we can't so stretch reality too So what much. I'm going to do is I'm going to effectively sort of march... I want to march her up the stairs to Burple. So you're frog-marching her up the stairs? Yeah. And as I go okay, up, you I can say, get to the purple, this woman thinks that she Cuthbert might be upstairs. That's probably yeah. about yeah, my Yeah, she's round, saying as it? you do that, I just said maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen him for a couple of days. Sessions on 23. I'm at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, well, I'm still invisible, so I'm going to fly down the corridor. What's this kind of library room, Mike? I think it's like... Blackadder doors between, like when people knock through the front room. Okay. So there's a parlour at the front, and then there's an and then there's a kind of archway. Maybe it's closable, and then into a sort of library area. It's just carpeted with bookshelves. There's it, nobody in there. Nobody in there. Okay. And then there are still children at the front door. Yes, they are. Well, they. It's not their turn. <laughs> They're frozen in stasis, about to do something at the front door. Your impression is that they are trying to effectively, in their hopeless way, try and get out through the front door in sheer panic and terror. Okay. That will do. Are there 17. any pictures, by the way? Uh, there's art. Portraits. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, yes. I'm, try I'm looking for a picture uh, to see if I can see what um, Granny Severiana Outspelinter looks like. We've never met her. You've never met... You've seen her, though. She was at the games. You know what Have she we, looks like. Oh, there do is we? a okay, picture that you see that resembles her. Did the old woman that Bugraff knocked out resemble her? Sorry, we missed that piece. No, no no family resemblance at all. Just looks she, like totally normal. Severiana got assassinated, didn't she? By... Maybe. Cuthbert. Cuthbert. 
decommissioned, that, yeah. I think. That you've seen something like that in a vision. Those double you doors saw. at the end, are they open? Uh, well, are we moving on? Is that you done? Yeah, that'll be me done. Purple on 17. The double doors at the rear to the rear. No, they're, they're closed. Are they locked? I'll try them. So you're walking up there. You can hear Parker seems to be wrestling somebody up the stairs behind you. The girl follows you as you walk up. Well, she can't, actually, because it's not her turn. <laughs> the doors are closed, Purple. There's a little bit of light spilling out from the crack at the bottom of them. Looks like firelight. And you can hear a little tune being picked out on a piano or something from the other side of the door. It's weirdly familiar, Burple. Like, you can't think of where you've heard it before. It's a, a bit, it's a little melancholy. Even as a bard, I can't, I can't recognise a particular song. It's not a song that you know, it's not like, oh, that's the old fame, that's the famous air, you know. Mm. Once mm. I went out one midsummer morning or something. I don't know, whatever. The, <laughs> whatever, right? Mm. It's the ballad of Bob and <laughs> hey, Spoodle. Nonny, nonny. It, yeah, it's none of those three. It's almost like a kind of half-remembered song that you might have known as a little as a as a kid or something, like a nursery rhyme or something. It just tickles the back of your mind. That's all it is. All right. You gonna push the doors open? Um, yeah, I will push okay. the doors open. They swing open. I'm assuming oh. you're staying back in the hallway. Are you stepping in, or do you just want to look in? I want to look into the room. I okay, well, want to... there's a fireplace opposite. Mm-hmm. It's lit. There's two um, sofas. It's lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's two sofas angled towards it with a bearskin rug or something in front of the fire. Sitting mm-hmm. on a sofa to your left as you're looking into the chamber is Cuthbert. He, uh, go, he turns and he says, uh, there you are. Oh. Come in, come Did in. And we'll us? find out <sighs> what he's got to say to you. What's going on in this weird house? Is it Cuthbert? Is it not Cuthbert? Uh, it's probably a doppelganger. When we oh, pick things up next week. Oh, God knows. Okay. What The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Prince of Red Hand and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Prince of Red Hand was written by Richard Pett. Music is from Kevin MacLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening! Thank you.